Hello and welcome to the Deeply Rooted Podcast. We are here to root deep together in God's Word so that we can live lives of unshakable faith. My name is Ben Jacobson. I am one of the pastors here at Hope Lutheran Church in Fargo, North Dakota, and I am joined today by uh, one of my colleagues, Pastor Sarah Seibold. Sarah, welcome. Thank you. Yes, it's so good to have you on. Today we are uh, diving deeper into the book of Genesis. Last week we talked about uh, part of the story of Isaac and this promise that is moving through the story of Scripture. And so today we're going to continue that story. We're going to talk about Isaac's sons, Jacob and Esau. And at some point in this story, there is a moment uh, where they are eating some stew, some soup. Mm -hmm. Sarah, I'm wondering... This time of year, it's cold. What's your go-to soup? Oh, I love a good chili. Ooh. I mean, it's not really a soup, but I love a good chili. And uh, in our house, we we use beef, we use pork, we ever use whatever meat we have in the house. <laughs> it doesn't matter. We grind it up with with uh, some vegetables, throw some beans in, make it nice and spicy, and add cheese. It's delicious. <laughs> Perfect cornbread. Yeah. Always. Oh. Man, now I'm hungry. I, <laughs> at this time of year, I think about uh, beef stew, like the potatoes mm-hmm. and carrots. And mm-hmm. I think of the, my mom had that like black roasting pan oh, with yeah. the white speckles, you know what yes. I'm talking about? Yes. And that, so that's like a nostalgic piece for me. And it, I'll, whenever I taste that, it brings me right back there. And oh, well. Ben, I've got beef stew on the menu for tomorrow. Do you? You oh. and your family, come on all over. Right. <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> yeah. That sounds great. So uh, all stew aside, we'll get to the rest of the stew in the story of Jacob and Esau. But we are, today we're picking up in the story of Genesis. We are in the 25th chapter, uh, and we are beginning with the 19th verse, if you're following along at home and you'd like to read along with that. We're reading today from the NIV, but any translation uh, will work if you want to follow along at home. This is the account of Abraham's son, Isaac. Abraham became the father of Isaac, and Isaac was 40 years old when he married Rebekah, the daughter of Bethuel, an Aramean from Padan Aram, and the sister of Laban, the Aramean. Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was barren. The Lord answered his prayer, and his wife, Rebekah, became pregnant. The babies jostled each other within her, and she said, Why is this happening to me? So she went to inquire of the Lord. The Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb, and two peoples from within you will be separated. One people will be stronger than the other, and the older will serve the younger. When the time came for her to give birth, there were twin boys in her womb. The first to come out was red. His whole body was like a hairy garment. So they named him Esau. After this, his brother came out with a hand grasping Esau's heel. So he was named Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when Rebekah gave birth to them. The boys grew up, and Esau became a skillful hunter, a man of the open country, while Jacob was a quiet man, 
staying among the tents. Isaac, who had a taste for wild game, loved Esau. But Rebekah loved Jacob. Once when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau came in from the open country, famished. He said to Jacob, quick, let me have some of that red stew. I am famished. That is why he was also called Edom. Jacob replied, first sell me your birthright. Look, I am about to die, Esau said. What good is a birthright to me? But Jacob said, swear to me. So he swore an oath to him, selling his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and some lentil stew. He ate and drank and then got up and left. So Esau despised his birthright. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You know, I think one of the things that I have found is a way to slow down when I'm reading is to, to stop and pause and, and to just ask the question, what stood out to me? What words, what phrases, what questions popped into my head as I was reading? Pastor Sarah, when you were listening and reading along with that, what, what were some of those things for you? Yeah, as I was following along in my own Bible here as you were reading, the things that jumped out for, for me, um, three big things. The first is is the names of the children of Esau and Jacob. And, and Jacob, you know, as they wrestling in the womb, Jacob's name means he grasps the heel. And it's an idiom in Hebrew, which means he deceives. So Jacob's name means he deceives. And Esau's name means Harry. <laughs> Harry, <laughs> what a name! What a name! Uh, but it, it's an important point as as later in their life, it plays a very significant role in Jacob's deception in continuing to grasp Esau's birthright. That you know, and and so the third thing that that jumped out to me because this is how it plays a role is is that Isaac and Rebecca had favorites. Yeah, Isaac yeah. had a taste for wild game, and so he loved Esau. Because Esau loved to hunt, right? Mm-hmm. But Rebecca loved Jacob. And uh, and so we already have this um, interesting family dynamic starting. Yeah, it's really, uh, you know, I think we look at Scripture and we think this must be filled with the stories of perfect people who got everything <laughs> right. And uh, certainly we can see in this story already We've got parents playing favorites. We've got brothers who are struggling. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that I see when I look at this story that's really interesting to me is is the fact that a lot, so much of this story is is written even before these babies are born. Yeah. Right. Imagine. Yeah. So imagine being Rebecca first of all, and uh, hearing hearing God say, "There are two nations." in your womb mm-hmm. you know that that when these babies are born there's going to be a struggle yeah. and i can't imagine the the fear and the wonder and the worry and the excitement you know all of those things mixed together and then to have this promise of what, there's going to be some struggles between these two and <laughs> it's interesting to to read uh if we look in verse 22 
mm-hmm. doesn't say that there are twins when when it says she became pregnant, but then at twenty two it says the babies jostled each other within her, so they're already scrapping yes. before they come out, <laughs> which is a really right? interesting interesting yes. thing. Yeah. Um, so let's you know I think this is a this is a small the, what we just read is a small story within a much larger context and and yeah. last week what we did was we. We heard, if you listened last week, if not, you can go back and, and listen to that. Um, but but we, we read the story of Abraham and Isaac and this moment where, where Abraham was asked by God to sacrifice Isaac. Mm-hmm. And ultimately what God did was, uh, after this great test of, of faithfulness, God d- delivered them both through this, and, and Isaac was spared by God. Uh, but now that promise that, that God had made to Abraham is moving into a new family through the, through the generations because Isaac uh, has these two uh, sons. Mm-hmm. So, Sarah, what else do we need to know about this story? Yeah, well, as the story continues from where you left off in, at the end of chapter 26, we see Isaac follow in his father's footsteps, in Abraham's footsteps. Um, he he went uh, to, he was traveling, <laughs> and uh, he stayed in Gerar, and bringing his wife and children with him, right? His wife was beautiful. He knew this. And, and yet, because he felt fear at, uh, at oh, somebody's going to kill me to take my wife, like his father, he says, this isn't my wife. This is my sister. <laughs> and, mm. and it gets him into hot water. And the king there, Abimelech, he, he calls out, he goes to Isaac, he calls out Isaac's deceitfulness, and and says why have you done this and then um and and then he says now i'm going to make sure everybody knows not to touch you or your wife your family you're, you'll you'll be safe um and and this is an interesting point you know isaac as a young man would would i i think of that uh time up in the mountain with his father and and god saves him and you think he'd be so full of faith in god and he knows that the promises of god are upon him right and yet here he has this moment where faith is a little, it's questionable. He knows that that he's fine, that his family will be fine, and yet he feels the need to lie to deceive. Um, and and so, uh, thankfully, you know, Isaac's they Isaac and his family they were fine. Um, they move forward, um, and and everything turns out okay. But but without uh, Abimelech confronting him. Um, and calling him out on that, you know, I, Isaac <laughs> he made the same mistakes as as Abraham, and and it, so should it be so surprising, this deceitfulness uh, that it would also continue on in Jacob, right? Here's a pattern, because because guess what, <laughs> that's coming up too. <laughs> um, at the at the um, at the end of chapter twenty six, I do want to point out though. You know, we hear the story of of Isaac and Rebecca, of Jacob and Esau, and you know, difficult family dynamics already happening of playing favorites and deceiving, um, and and it's hard to imagine. Uh, you know, if you if you don't feel like your life is is in the midst of the days of our lives kind of drama series, <laughs> this this story could be a little hard to relate to, right? I uh, here you have the. 
the promise of God is upon this family. The salvation of not only Israel, but of the world is going to come through this family. Like that's a heavy load to carry and to bear. Um, and it can be kind of hard to relate to this family, but here at the end of chapter 26, there's this beautiful little nugget that I've always wondered, why did the old Testament writers put this in? And I wonder sometimes if it's so that we could relate just a little bit in, with his family. And it says at the end in verse 34, chapter 26, verse 34, it says, when Esau was 40 years old, he married Judith, daughter of Beeri the Hittite, and also Basimeth, daughter of Elon the Hittite. And then it says in verse 35, they were a source of grief to Isaac and Rebekah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I shouldn't laugh, but, but <laughs> read this. And, and I think, okay, Esau, the favorite son of Isaac, he brings home two two wives. He brings home these these ladies, and Isaac and Rebecca both go what? And they were a source of grief. <laughs> they didn't get along with their in laws. They didn't get along with their extended family. And uh, and can I, you imagine that? I. <laughs> <laughs> I you know, I'd love to say I'd find it difficult, but I think I think if I'm honest with myself, there are friends and family alike, people brought into our lives that um, that, you know, because of my own family of origin and, and the way I think things should be done and and their family of origin and, and what how they think things should be. done. Yeah. I mean, there are certain people I find it hard to get along with. And uh, yeah. and, and here Isaac and Rebecca through whom uh, the promises of God will come, uh, they too wrestle. You know, sometimes I think as um, as followers of Jesus, we have to love and like everybody that we come into contact with and never wrestle with that. Um, but if we're honest with ourselves, um, there, there are people that are that come into our lives that can be hard to get along with. Yeah. And... Um, and what do we do with that? Where is God in the midst of that? Well, I think we can look to Isaac and Rebecca and say, you know, God is with us in that. God is even with the other people <laughs> in that, right? And, um, and that the promises of God still persist, still move forward, still go on. Um, and that's a good thing. You know, God forgives us in all of our brokenness and in all of our troubles and worries. He's with us, he forgives us, and he helps us. Yeah, amazing to think about the fact that God chooses to use people like you and me mm-hmm. who I think about, you know, I'm probably the source of grief to someone <laughs> Amen. else. Amen. <laughs> right? Like, oh, so sorry, folks. <laughs> <laughs> and and yet God chooses to use us. And I, I think yeah. that's, as I read these stories over and over again, that's one of the things that is a constant reminder Mm -hmm. to me is that that god god uses us god works in the midst of our brokenness and that god Mm -hmm. uh god's promises dare i say aren't dependent on us yes yes they are dependent on the one who makes them come true amen um Mm -hmm. and that is him uh so let's talk just for a moment about really what's at stake in in the course of the story of jacob and esau so if Mm -hmm. we look at the end of of chapter 25, mm-hmm. where we read, you know, uh, Jacob and Esau, Esau's out hunting and, 
and he comes back in and, and he has this moment where he's so hungry. I think he probably needs a Twix bar or something. <laughs> Snickers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he needs something to, to bring him back, but, but he's so hungry that he sells his birthright mm -hmm. for a bowl of lentil soup. And, uh, you know, it's almost like if you read this story, he says, quick, you know, g get me some stew. I'm famished. And, and his brother says, well, first sell me your birthright. Can't you just see two <laughs> siblings talking like this? Yes. Uh, yes. And uh, Esau says, well, if I'm about to die, what good is the birthright to me? Mm -hmm. And Jacob says, swear to it first. And, and Esau does. And, and so what is that birthright? Mm -hmm. What is that promise that's at stake here in those moments mm -hmm. yeah well i mean we have to go back to what was promised to abraham and isaac right which is um that that god god will make their descendants more than the sand more than the stars um and that through them um, there will be great blessing for all people all nations um and so and so Isaac wants to give that same promise, this kind of heritage, this this promise of God to be upon him. Um, but also, you know, with with that ancient ancient um, families, that also includes like all of the land, mm. all of the all the servants, all the mm. everything, right? So a birthright is not only the promise of God; it's also all the stuff <laughs> that go with it. Um, that's that's what um, he would inherit. There's a physical inheritance, and then there's a spiritual inheritance. That's happening and, there. And that's that's Esau's mm -hmm. because he came first. Because he came first. Right? And, yes. And then we see, if we go back, Jacob's been grasping at this even from the womb. Mm -hmm. As he's as Esau comes out, Jacob's grabbing at, at physically at his heel. Yes. But in a deeper sense, more than just at his heel, but at, at that at that promise, mm -hmm. even from a young age yes um and so then for jacob to to receive that promise means that he will be the one to mm -hmm. by which the promises of god continue yes um yeah. and then later which, which goes against uh the sensibility of the of the time right i mean this is what rebecca heard in her and from god right she heard from from god one people will be stronger than the other and the older will serve the younger and traditionally, it's the other way around. So God knew that this would happen. Yes, of course. Yes. Um, be, he, he speaks this truth before the the boys are even born mm -hmm. that that the older will serve the younger. The deception continues mm -hmm. um, as they get older. There's this moment where Isaac is now on his deathbed, and he's at the point where he can't see. He's weak, and he calls the he wants to call Esau in for a blessing. Um, but there's another level layer of deception that happens there. Uh, would you like <laughs> yes. to talk about that? Well, this is where the, his name Harry comes in, yes. <laughs> comes into play. Esau's name meaning Harry. Yeah, um, here, you know, uh, Isaac is is on his deathbed, and he says, "I am now an old man and don't know the day of my death. Now then, get your equipment, your quiver and bow, and go to the open country and hunt some wild game for me." This is what he says. Isaac says to Esau, "Prepare me the kind of tasty food I like and bring it to me to eat, so that I may give you my blessing before I die." So hand off that birthright and blessing. Of course, Rebecca heard this. She knew what the Lord had already prepared. She Jacob's her favorite, and so uh, she, hey, Jacob, I overheard your dad. Now go get me some game. I'll help you prepare the food. Listen carefully. Go out, 
get these things, um, prepare the food just the way your dad likes it, take it to your father so that he may give you the blessing before he dies. But Jacob knows, like, okay, uh, I am, how, how does he phrase it? I am, I have smooth skin. <laughs> and Esau is a hairy man. <laughs> so how, uh, what if my father touches me? Even though Isaac can't see, what if he touches me? Mm. Um, and so... Rebecca, with this deception, my son, let the curse fall on me. Just do as I say. Go and get these things for me. So he went and got those things. Um, Rebecca took the best of Esau's clothes and put them together and on her son Jacob. And then she covered his hands and the smooth part of his neck with goat skins. I mean, Esau must have been one really hairy guy. Um, but <laughs> there you go, right? <laughs> like, so, so, so that they could fully deceive Isaac and he went to his father he gave him the food he actually tells his father I am Esau your firstborn I've done what you've said and so eat this food give me your blessing and uh, Isaac uh, Isaac falls for it he falls for it and and so then uh, Jacob he says to Jacob come near so I can touch you my son and know that whether you really are Esau or not he went close to him and Isaac says, the voice is the voice of Jacob, but the hands are the hands of Esau. Are you really my son, Esau? And Jacob says, yep. Then my son, bring me some of your game to eat. He eats the food. Come here, my son, and kiss me. And he went to him and kissed him. And then all of a sudden, here it is. Ah, the smell of my son is like the smell of a field and the Lord has that the Lord has blessed. May God give you heaven's dew and earth's richness, an abundance of grain and new wine. May nations serve you and peoples bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers. And may the sons of your mother bow down to you. May those who curse you be cursed and those who bless you be blessed. And after Isaac finished blessing him and Jacob had scarcely left his father's presence, his brother Esau came in from hunting. <laughs> He's caught and and of course Isaac finds out oh this is what what has happened here I've been duped, um, and he can't retract his words. And it's too late. It's Esau is furious. His father is furious, um, but I you know Esau still wants a blessing, but his blessing has to be different now. It can't be the same one he was going to receive. So Isaac gives him one, but this is the blessing he gives Esau. Your dwelling will be away from the earth's richness, away from the dew of heaven above. You will live by the sword and you will serve by serve your brother. But when you grow restless, you will throw his yoke from off your neck. And so Esau held a grudge against Jacob because of that moment. Um, and that, that kind of sets up uh, this this divide that happens between Esau and Jacob for many many years, and Jacob has to go and live with uh, with Laban. He has to go uh, live with with other out out of the, where his homelands are, and uh, and has has to make his own family, make his own way in the world. He uh, he's not given the riches immediately because Esau kicks him out and. Um, and and it's and it's just tough, tough stuff after that part. I mean, any of us who've ever had family divide, uh, boy, this is the height of it. Um, divide between Isaac and Rebecca. Divide between Esau and Jacob. Obviously, Jacob between his father. His father is just sad and mad, and um, but there's nothing to do to retract words, and and so it's it's a tough family situation. But 
Jacob, he he goes out and um, he starts making his way in the world. And he went to be with Laban, son of Bethuel, the brother of Rebekah. So this is his uncle. Um, and, uh, and he starts serving there, serving his uncle, helping out in the fields. And slowly, through, um, through deception again, <laughs> through, through how they, uh, they breed sheep, he, he learns to make his own flock of mm. sheep. <laughs> and he also asks for Laban's daughter's hand, Rachel. But, but Laban, he's a wily one, too. And uh, he says, uh, "You can't marry Rachel yet. You gotta." Or he doesn't. He doesn't say that. Excuse me. He makes a deal with Jacob. You worked for me for this so long. You will. I'll give you. I'll give you a wife. But who's the one that he gives? His older daughter Leah first. Mm. Can't can't marry off the younger daughter before the oldest one is out. So Leah becomes. <laughs> so the deceiver gets deceived. Yeah. <laughs> it, it- it happens that way yep. sometimes. Yep. Uh, you know, I think about this story. I think about all the layers of it, the layers of family, mm-hmm. uh, the layers of deception mm-hmm. that are built as the, the generations go on. I think about this promise that's woven into it, mm-hmm. uh, that, that moves through people and through time. And uh, I think about the fact that ultimately Jacob and Esau, they do find reconciliation mm-hmm. um, and that God's promise continues through through the family of Jacob just as was promised um, and I wonder what you know there's probably more than one answer to this question but for you Pastor Sarah what what is this story if you were to say at its core what is it really about I think at the at its core this story, is about how God can not only use our broken selves, our sin-filled, broken, dysfunctional selves, to still bring about goodness and blessing in our lives and in the world, but it's also how God can transform us from the inside out. Um, When Jacob finally came home and had to confront Esau, Unlike Abraham and Isaac, who came into what could potentially be hostile places with more deception, he could have done the same, but instead he wanted to face his brother honestly. He was humbled. He was humbled by life, by everything that had happened to him. He had come to he had he had come to um, trust and and have faith in the Lord, and um, and in that, when he prepares to to meet Esau. He actually wrestled with God, and and, and God um, breaks his hip. <laughs> yeah. You know, he he um, he's thrown out of joint, and 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 in in that time of wrestling with God, God gives him the name Israel. Um, God gives him this new name and a new identity, and and transforms him. So when Jacob goes to meet Esau, he's not the same Jacob. He is one who has wrestled with God, has been broken. And has now been transformed. Um, and I think in many ways, for us in our walk and faith of life, um, it is through the difficult places where, where life, where our own spirit, we, we feel we've become broken, where God can enter in and truly 
bring us grace that we can't find for ourselves and makes us new. And there's a, there's a humility that comes there with that. And, and so when Jacob goes to meet Esau, instead of um, trying to send everybody else up first so that he can flee, he, he divides the camp into two groups so that if one group gets attacked, the other can flee. And, and, he's gonna, and Jacob's re- ready and willing to take the brunt of Esau's anger. Um, but before he goes, he d- makes that decision to divide his group up into two groups and, and, and whatever may come, he would take the brunt of Esau's anger. He turned to God in prayer. He did what Abraham and Isaac failed to do. He turned to God in prayer first, asking for help. And he humbled himself. And, and even when he, he, he sent things ahead of him so to, to help, like, reduce Esau's anger, right? <laughs> sending, sending gifts, sending um, herds and, and whatnot to Esau to kind of lighten the blow. But ultimately, it, it is him going before Esau with humility, recognizing his failure, recognizing all that he's done that, that led to this moment of transformation, reconciliation. Esau didn't kill him when he came back to the land. Esau didn't have, I mean, he was rightfully angry. <laughs> he had a lot to yeah. be rightfully yeah. angry for. Yeah, um, but, but that's not how it unfolds because Jacob now named Israel as a changed man. And he walks with the Lord. He is humble before the Lord, and he's humble before those he walks with. So this young man, well, by the end, he's mm-hmm. not so young. Right. But this child who is born uh, into a broken world is changed, reshaped, given a new identity mm-hmm. by God. Yeah. And I think, boy, isn't that our story too? Yes. Here we are, broken from the moment we come into the world. And this same promise that, that shapes the families of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Esau, Rebecca, Leah, <laughs> Rachel, all of them thousands <laughs> of years ago shapes us into to who we are in him. Um, I'm amazed by that. And I'm always amazed by, by how that rises to the surface as we open God's word. And so I want to thank you, Pastor Sarah, for for taking time to illuminate this text with us today. Folks, we are going to continue next week as we follow this promise throughout the generations. I want to thank you for being with us, for listening today. And uh, we'll see you next week. And in the meantime, stay in God's word and remain deeply rooted. Mm -hmm.